Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening to you and welcome to another edition of American Gun on Twitter, Facebook, LiveSpeaker.com, iTunes, and so much more. Coming to you once again from North Judson, Indiana, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Jason Reeve, your host, so glad that you guys can all be with us tonight. Uh, Before I get started, I just want to send out, uh, I got a lot of emails through the week. Uh, as you know, I uh, was battling a cold um, throughout the week here. Um, and uh, I got to say, a lot of people emailed me. Uh, a couple emails I got that was like, dude, I think you should probably go to the doctor because you sound like, you know, just utter trash. And uh, just to let you know, I am feeling a lot better. Still got a little bit of the sniffles and a little bit of a cough, but I think we're going to do better tonight than we did uh through the through the week this week so um before i get started on our topics today today we're going to talk about of course the brady campaign um is endorsing anthony cuomo we're also going to talk about seattle breaking preemption laws once again and infringing on second amendment rights the nra and the second amendment foundation filing suit on that we're also going to talk about uh, Illinois governor signing a confiscation order uh, for the state, and he's a GOP governor, so that's not going to sit well for him. Um, I, he just uh, got himself uh, kicked out of politics because, you know, Democrats, I'm sure, didn't want him there anyway, uh, in Illinois being a Democratic uh, state anyway. So, uh, you know, but he just committed political suicide if he, you know, attempts to go on from there. We're going to talk about that as well tonight. Uh, so uh, K- Gabby Giffords is back in the news um, again. And then we're also going to talk about the registration law that went into effect in California. However, though, it's not working out the way that they would like it to. So before we get started, I, I do want to bring something up. And I had an interesting conversation with somebody on Twitter the other day. And, uh, you know, he's definitely a candidate for the tweet of the day. Um, we definitely don't have one today, but he was talking about the second amendment and it being well-regulated militia. And the thing was, is that he was saying, well, the well-regulated militia, that's the national guard. That's what the militia is. Well, I told him that the Heller decision 
that came out by the Supreme Court said that the right to keep and bear arms was an individual right. Not just the National Guard, not just the military, not just police. It was an individual right as a United States citizen. Um, I also, I heard something the other night, and I wish I would have heard this before I said something to him. Because, or before he started speaking to me as well. Because truthfully, when he's sitting here talking about the well-regulated militia, you guys remember the movie The Patriot? Great movie. And what ended up happening is, remember when Heath Ledger's character walked into the church and he said, the South Carolina militia has been called up. Gentlemen, we need you to grab your guns and come with us. That's what the militia meant. That's what the founding fathers meant by the militia. The militia was not the National Guard. The militia was the everyday citizens of that town to take up arms against the British Empire. That's what that was about. And I know a lot of left lefties and gun grabbers, they want to point that it means National Guard for well-regulated militia. That's not what it meant. You have to look at the context of what it was set in. The militia was everyday citizens, not National Guard, not police, not military. Everyday people took up arms against Britain to get you your freedoms. So... I just wanted to share that with you guys before we get going. So our first story, we're going to probably run through some of these kind of quickly because we got a lot to cover today. I'm hoping we can get to everything all. So on to our first story. All right, no food or drink while recording. I got my coffee right here, my Avengers mug. All right, so the Brady campaign came out today and formally endorsed New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Now, is this any surprise that the Brady campaign endorsed Andrew Cuomo? I mean, come on, Andrew Cuomo is the one responsible for the SAFE Act. You know, the piece of gun control legislation that was done overnight right after Sandy Hook, where basically you have to register your firearms and you also can only have a magazine that holds seven or less rounds. Oh, I bet you all thought I was going to say 10 rounds. Nope. Nope. Andrew Cuomo took it even a step further and made it seven rounds. Now, it's been well documented through Andrew Andrew Cuomo's uh, governorship that he's had no way to enforce this magazine limit because there aren't many gun manufacturers that make magazines at seven rounds. Um, There are some out there, but there are some that do not do seven rounds. Some have six rounds, some have eight. So what was the whole idea behind that? And some people were like, well, you know, you you, you could have that eight round magazine, but, you know, just just take a bullet out of it. Just just take a round out of it. You also had the registration, which, again, the police had no way of enforcing. And truthfully, a lot of gun owners in New York didn't comply with it anyway. So it makes no surprise to me that the Brady campaign for uh, gun prevention because, you know, they don't want to say those magical words, gun control, but of course they're going to endorse him. He's an anti-gun person or he's a gun, he's a gun hater. He doesn't care about your rights. He's just like, you know, Phil Murphy in the state next door to him in New Jersey. 
they don't believe in you having a right to keep and bear arms in the state of New York. Uh, in fact, when national reciprocity was being debated, New York was one of the states because, you know, of course you had a lot of the New York congressmen and, of course, you know, you got Chuck Crybaby Schumer who's over there saying, yeah, this is going to allow criminals to come into our state and possibly hurt people. Which then I posed the question, okay, uh, Governor Cuomo, Chuck Schumer, what's stopping the criminals from coming into your state now? Do you think the the do you think that you know people at the borders of New York are stopping there going, "Hey, bro, dude, we can't go in there, man." You know, they they we can't go in. You know, the state line, we can't carry our guns in New York. Come on, man, you know better than that. Of course it doesn't work that way. What criminal obeys the law, right? But this is just the kind of stuff that you get out of New York. So I'm not shocked by any time that the Brady campaign endorses somebody like Governor Cuomo. Uh, Governor Cuomo is just as bad as Phil Murphy in New Jersey. I mean, I guess these guys, you know, just kind of go across the river there and discuss how they can take people's rights away. And if you guys remember, Governor Cuomo is the one who said, we need to abolish ICE. You know, the Immigrations and Customs Enforcement Agents that that enforce immigration laws. But this isn't about immigration. I'm just saying this is what this guy said. And also Hornaday, who is responsible. Hornaday makes a lot of ammunition for a lot of police and SWAT teams and stuff like that. Hornaday discontinued their contract with the state of New York because of Governor Cuomo. He said, nope. You know, Hornaday Ammunition said, nope, no more. You know, if you're going to continue to take rights away from American citizens, well, we're not going to give you our top quality ammo for your police force. So just to give you some food for thought there, folks, you know, um, Governor Cuomo hates your rights. And if you guys are listening there in New York, you know, got to understand, you know, you got a lot of Democrat anti-gun people there in New York. But, you know, when you have a population center like New York City and, you know, other cities that are like that, you know, you're, I mean, upstate New York is very red, but they don't have the population that New York City has. So that's why you see it being blue most of the time there. But I thought you guys would get a kick out of that because it's no surprise to us that the Brady campaign endorses this knucklehead. All right, guys, moving on to our next story. All right, so the Second Amendment Foundation has filed suit against Seattle's gun storage ordinance. You remember a couple years ago, folks, in Seattle, they issued a tax, higher taxes on firearms and ammunition, and that they were going to go ahead and use that money to research violent crime in the city of Seattle. Now, let me just say something here, folks. I lived in Seattle for four years, and Seattle is a beautiful, beautiful city. Well, I guess it was because now you're hearing them. You know, a lot of homeless people are, you know, leaving their human waste on the sidewalks there in City Hall. But, you know, I'll digress on that one. Well, the Second Amendment Foundation filed suit Friday against Seattle ordinance requiring gun owners to put their guns inside the gun owner's home. This story is by A.W.R. Hawkins. On July 19th, Breitbart News reported that the ordinance, which was proposed by Mayor Jenny Durkin, 
from oh, what party is that? It's oh, it's 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 Democrat. That's right. Would require gun owners to place their firearms in locked containers while inside their homes. The ordinance puts gradual graduated levels of fines in place in place for gun owners who have their firearms accessed by criminals and or minors. Second Amendment Foundation says the ordinance is legally unenforceable because Washington state preemption laws, which bar cities and municipalities from passing gun control laws that go beyond that of the state level. So, okay, basically what a preemption law is for any new listeners out there is a lot of states have these preemption laws on firearms. So basically local cities cannot pass a tougher gun ordinance or gun law than what the state already has. We saw that in Deerfield, Illinois, not too long ago, because Illinois has a state preemption law, and the city of Deerfield said, well, we don't care, we're putting a ban on semi-automatic rifles in our city. Of course, Second Amendment Foundation stepped in, and there was an injunction filed on that. We're basically seeing the same thing here in Seattle. Now, the gun tax that I was referring about a little bit earlier They said that they were going to take this tax to research the gun violence in Seattle. Well, guess what, folks? They only raised $100,000 because it wasn't about researching gun violence. What it was is it was for it was basically so they could tax gun shops out of the city of Seattle. That's basically what it was. And then, of course, when the Democrats that were in that city, we, we forced them because we filed a Freedom of uh, Information Act on them and found they only raised $100,000. We were like, okay, so this obviously didn't do anything and they just doubled down on it. Well, the Second Amendment Foundation's filing says, the state of Washington has the exclusive right to regulate the possession of firearms in Washington and cities may not enact local laws or regulations related to possession of firearms. RCW 9.41.290, the city of Seattle has ignored this clear rule of preemption, a rule which has been found to have been violated in the past. See Chan versus City of Seattle. By purporting to regulate the manner in which Seattle citizens may possess firearms, the rule of preemption could not be clear. The City of Seattle, like other uh, cities in the state of Washington, is not permitted to pass laws target to the possession of firearms throughout any means. Accordingly, plaintiffs bring this action for injunction and declaratory relief and ask the court for an order which would require the defendants to follow the law. On July 10, 2018, Breitbart News reported that the Second Amendment Foundation had reached a settlement with the Department of Justice on behalf of Cody Wilson's defense distributed their thereby opening the door for Wilson to conduct unfettered online sharing of 3D gun printing files. I don't know why that was really in the story here, but that was a great win for us as well. So basically what's going on in Seattle is that they are going ahead and they're doing exactly what we thought they were going to do. You know, well, we don't like guns in Seattle. You know, if we, you know, require our citizens to lock their guns up in their homes then somebody that breaks into somebody's home can't steal their firearms. And if you don't have them locked up, we're going to fine you and you're going to be held accountable if somebody takes a firearm from your home and uses it to do a killing or mass shooting or something like this. Folks, let me just say this right now. 
this is how Democrats and liberals and gun haters think. They think that the law doesn't apply to them, like the preemption law, and that, hey, we're going to go ahead and pass this ordinance, and then we're going to require them. But how are you going to enforce it? Are the police going to go on knock door to door and then come in and do random searches? I mean, if they're going to do that, then you're now we're pushing into Fourth Amendment rights. Where, you know, you're supposed to be secure in your persons and property. Who the hell does the mayor of Seattle think, and the city council of Seattle think, that I'm going to let you come into my home and tell me how I'm going to store my property? This has nothing to do with safety, and it has nothing to do with... uh, you know, they're, that's what they're thinking. Well, we're, we're thinking about the children and, you know, we got to do something. How is this helping? And I know some dopey liberals listen to me right now going, well, you know, Jason, if the child doesn't have access to the firearm, then he can't use the firearm. <laughs> Guys, this is a constitutionally protected right. There is a law in the state of Washington that's a preemption law that says you can't do anything. If the state doesn't require it, then that means you can't do it. But Seattle ignored it anyway and went ahead. So the Second Amendment Foundation, which, by the way, is based out of Bellevue, Washington, which is just a stone's throw from Seattle. And I do have to say it is very beautiful up there in Seattle. I mean, I love living in Seattle. I honestly don't know if I would love living there now. Of course, I was in the military when I lived in Seattle. But, you know, I don't know if I would exactly live there now with what's going on there in the city. But... Like I said, how are you going to enforce this law? You can't just knock on the door and say, excuse me, sir, we're doing a random gun secure check. We need to come in and check it. You, you show up at my door doing that, I'm going to be like, unless you got a warrant, you ain't coming in my house, buddy. Because now you're violating my Fourth Amendment right. It's an unenforceable law. I'm almost willing to bet that the Second Amendment Foundation is going to win this case just like they did the other cases, just like we did in Deerfield. So I don't have any thought that it's not going to happen. So this just goes to show you folks exactly why these gun haters and these Democrats will do this. They don't care about your rights. And the city of Seattle just showed that when they completely ignored that. It's just like Deerfield, Illinois. They completely ignored the state preemption law and just said, we're doing it anyway. Well, okay. I mean, they did it in Ohio too. One of this, Colum- I think it was Columbus, Ohio was trying to do something like that too. And, you know, of course we stepped in and I, I guess the city didn't care because, you know, the gun control groups like the Brady campaign and moms demand action and every time for gun safety. Well, we'll send our lawyers in to represent you pro bono. Oh, okay. Yeah, no problem. We'll go ahead and pass this law. So, I mean, it just makes no sense to me whatsoever. All right, our next topic we're going to talk about is going to be to my neighbors to the west, the good old state of Illinois. Chicago, I know you're listening in, but this isn't going to be a rant about Chicago. We're, we're taking a trip to New York all the way through the Midwest. We're going to stop here in New York, then we're going to finish up in California. So don't fret, Chicago. I know I've been getting a lot of your emails, too, basically saying that Chicago is not as dangerous as you all say it is. Yeah, um, the over... Uh, 1,200 people shot so far this year would probably disagree with you, but, you know, whatever. I'm not going to really get into that tonight. All right, so Illinois Governor Bruce Rayner signs gun confiscation bill. 
story again is by AWR Hawkins. Illinois Governor Bill Re- or Bruce Rayner, Republican, signed legislation empowering police to confiscate firearms from citizens and extend the waiting period for guns. The new waiting period means a single woman being pursued by a stalker now has to hide or live behind a locked door for three days while she waits to get her gun for self-defense. NBC 26 reports that the confiscatory law is called the Firearms Restraining Order Act. By signing it, Rayner made Illinois the 13th state to empower police to confiscate guns and he joined a growing list of Republican governors who have signed such laws into place following the February 14, 2018 Parkland High School shooting. Governors Rick Scott, Republican out of Florida, Governor Phil Scott, no relation, Republican Vermont, and Larry Hogan, Republican out of Maryland, signed gun confiscation laws following Parkland. All right, folks. Basically, what AWR Hawkins is trying to say here is that these are what they call the red flag laws, where basically we remove your due process in these states, and basically all you need to do is go up and have somebody point a finger at you and say, I think he's he's a danger to the rest of us, and then the cops show up at your door and confiscate your guns. Uh, I'll get a little off topic here because this actually happened in New Jersey a couple days ago, and I'm trying to reach out to this Iraqi war veteran. Now, being that I am a veteran myself, and I served in Iraq as well, this story literally had my head about to explode. And I'll just give you the crypt note version of it. So this Iraqi war veteran is sitting at home one day, and the cops knock on his door. He opens the door, and they said, Sir, we're here to confiscate your firearms. Your son was saying some stuff at school and the school's worried that, you know, he's going to come do and harm somebody. The school called us. So we're here to take your guns. The Iraqi war veteran said, I tell you what, you're not taking my guns. You don't have a warrant. And guess what? It ain't happening. I'll store my guns away, but you're not taking my guns. Well, the thing is he got to keep his guns, but at this present time, this veteran now has to clear him and his son name. And this is, again, a, a law signed by Phil, I don't care about your rights, Murphy, that basically the kid said something at school. Apparently somebody didn't like what the kid said. <coughs> Excuse me. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And they basically said, okay, well, we got to go confiscate his dad's guns. Because, you know, what if this kid takes his guns and, you know comes to the school and starts shooting people. I mean, we can't have that, right? So as you see here, folks, they're doing anything they can to take away your rights. 
The problem with these laws is that they would not have stopped the Parkland shooting because the families with whom the gunman lived actually took up before him when the police came to the house after being alerted that he was a possible threat. <coughs> Gun confiscation laws would require family members to attest to the danger posed by other family members. Moreover, such laws would have not prevented the May 18th Santa Fe High School shooting in Texas because the gunmen used someone else's firearms. <coughs> Excuse me. Man, coughing bad here tonight. Additionally, the Maryland gun confiscation law certainly did not prevent the June 28, 2018 attack on the Annapolis Capital Gazette newspaper where five people were killed in the attack. So there you go, folks. That's basically, the, these are just excuses for these guys to do this, for these Democrats and anti-gun people to do this. They applaud these red flag laws, okay? Florida had red flag laws in place before Parkland. And remember what happened? Oh, that's right. They don't ever want to talk about that. The police and the FBI were called 39 times before Nicholas Cruz went into the school and shot up the school. So again, your red flag law failed. And not to mention, Nicholas Cruz legally obtained his firearm. So he passed the background check. Okay, these red flag laws weren't going to do anything to stop any shooting. People are always going to find a way to get their hands on guns. And it's not from the law abiding. They're going to go break into a gun, stop, gun shop and steal the guns. They're, do, they're robbing train cars out of Chicago that have guns in them. I mean, that's something you don't hear, you know, the great Rahm Emanuel talking about. But the fact is, is these gun confiscation, this, that's all they are. They're gun confiscation laws. They're nothing more than that. It doesn't do anything to help public safety. Because let me ask you this question, folks. You ever had a girlfriend that's ever been vindictive? You ever had a boyfriend that's been vindictive? Oh, no, certainly. They're not going to try to get back at you and say you're a danger to them so the cops come knocking on your door and take your gun. That's never happened in the history of relationships. That's never happened in the history of ever. People aren't mean like that. They're not vindictive like that, are they? I mean, come on now. They just... No way, right? Well, folks, to be completely honest with you, that's all these laws are. They're confiscation laws. That's all there are. That's all they're good for. So, again, that's where we're kind of going with on this. All right, our, ne- all right, our next story. Gabby Giffords to help gun control Democrats win Republican congressional seat. Gabby Giffords is campaigning in hopes of helping a gun control Democrat win what has been a solid pro-Second Amendment congressional seat in the state of California, 49. On January 10th, 2018, the Los Angeles Times reported that Representative Daryl Issa, Republican California in the 49th District, announced that he would not seek a 10th term, thereby opening the seat for other candidates this November. Those candidates are Diane Harkey, Republican, and Mike Levin, Democrat. Harvey would continue ISIS pro-Second Amendment stance, while Levin would seek the further restrictions on the right to keep and bear arms. 
as if you could do that anymore in California, but whatever. The Sun or San Clemente Times report that Gabby Gifford spoke in support of Levin at a small event on July 17th. She urged fellow gun control components to continue pressing for gun laws, saying we must never stop fighting. Be bold, be courageous. The nation is counting on you. Giffords, of course, became a vocal gun control proponent after being wounded by a gunman on January 8, 2011, and following the December 14, 2012 attack on the Sandy Hook Elementary School. She and her husband, Mark Kelly, began a high-profile campaign about background checks. Gabby Giffords, we all know that that was just a horrific incident there. Um, I remember it. I mean, wow, it's been 10 years. I mean, I, I remember that like it was yesterday that I turned on the news and that there was an assassination attempt by uh, some lunatic there in uh, Arizona where she was serving. So this lunatic, um, which, by the way, passed the background check for his gun he used against her, went and legally obtained a firearm, and then he went down there and tried to assassinate uh, Representative Giffords. Ever since that incident, which I can't fault her for taking up a cause, especially after that horrific incident, but the problem that I have with Gabby Giffords and her husband is that they're always pushing for universal background checks. We've got to have universal background checks. Universal background checks will save lives. That is Gabby Gifford's calling card, is universal background checks and universal background checks. Folks, how many stories have I brought to you on this program where, and we're just talking about mass shooters, that they pass the background check when they obtain their firearm. You know, we already talked about the Parkland shooter, Las Vegas shooter, Pulse nightclub, San Bernardino. We could go on and on and on about how many people have passed a background check and then wound up doing a mass shooting. Gabby Giffords ain't going to tell you that. Gabby Giffords often leaves out the fact that her attacker passed the background check. Now, don't get me wrong. If you ever see a mugshot of this guy, you can tell there's something wrong with this dude. Now, am I saying that faults the system? Because no. He went in, he filled out his 4473, he passed his background check, the next system said he was good to go, and he walked out of there with his firearm. And then he went and used it on Gabby Giffords. Now, as tragic as that was, the fact that she is continuing to push for universal background checks and she's pushing these other anti-gun people and anti-gun Democrats into office... It just goes to show you there. And just like in the story that before that with Illinois, you know, you don't see Republicans doing this because it's political suicide. If Rick Scott, let me put it this way, folks. If Rick Scott wins the Senate seat over Bill Nelson in Florida, I will be shocked. Because I simply thought after Rick Scott signed that gun control package right after Parkland, that he just committed political suicide. If he wins that seat in Florida, I, I would tell you right now, I, I will eat my hat. And 
I know we're not in November yet, but he's three points ahead, which of course really doesn't really mean anything because that's about the point of margin. But you know, the thing is, is that it's always, they're always trying to push this kind of agenda on the rest of us. Like we need to restrict more gun laws as if California needed any more strict gun laws. The gun laws you have out in California aren't doing squat to stop the crime in California. Remember a few weeks ago on the show when we did the deadliest cities in America? California was on there with seven. And they had the highest murder rate out of all of them. Seven cities in California are among the deadliest in America. In the, in the top 100. But the gun control is working, right folks? I would beg to differ. And speaking of California, we're going to round home now and talk about our last story, which happens to be in California. All right, this story comes to us from our good friend Tom Knighton of BarryAndArms.com. Gun control groups claim few Californians complied with the new registration law. Are you serious? They didn't comply. California's new assault weapons ban regulation or registration was supposed to help keep the state safe. Apparently they think that knowing that knowing where all the guns are will somehow make, make it impossible for someone who isn't registered to do something bad, which is a load of wishful thinking. However, I've always believed that most people would be law abiding citizens right up until the law goes too far. That's especially true when you're talking about something That's a fundamental right like firearm ownership. You can push and push, but at some point, a lot of people will just wind up holding up their middle finger. That's basically what's happening in California right now, folks. They pass law after law after law, and now the people in California are going, you know what? (laughs) No. The Firearms Policy Coalition, the FPC, said the likely registration rate of bullet button assault weapons was only about 3% of the total number of firearms in California. That falls under the state's latest expansion of its assault weapons ban. State documents obtained by the group through the Freedom of Information request show that the Department of Justice approved 6,213 individuals to register 12,519 firearms under the new law by the end of June. It rejected a further 1,373 registration attempts, and as of June 30th, only 52,443 applicants were regis- were, for registration were pending. The, six, the 6,335 applicants from registration pale in comparison, FPC said, to the number of firearms sold between January 2000 and December of 2017, which the state said must be registered by June 30th of 2018. Using data on the gun sales from the state records and the na- from the National Shooting Sports Foundation, the group estimated there were 1.3 million firearms sold in California that would fall under the registration requirements. They estimated an additional half million home-built firearms fall in the same category. That would put the further no- put the number of attempted registrations at about 3.6% of total number of firearms required to be registered. Additionally, the group said that pending application or the 
pending application does not count as registration. The 12,519 completed registration represents only 0.69% of the estimated firearms required to be registered by the law. The group said they were a, there were a number of reasons why the registration law has been so effective. <laughs> In 2016, I predicted a mass, or let me put it this way, quote, I predicted mass non-compliance with these laws, and that seems to be what happened. Brandon Combs, FPC president, told the Free Beacon, I think there is a number of reasons people didn't register as many firearms as many originally expected. First, the legislature refused to require the DOJ to do any outreach or education campaigns to inform gun owners about the law's change. In spite of many requests for outreach during the legislative cycle for Senate Bill 880 and AP 1.0, thousand or eleven thirty five in twenty sixteen and showing that historically a major law change like this came with an outreach program. They just refused to add an outreach to the bill because of that. Many gun owners probably had no idea the law was changing and that could put them in serious legal jeopardy. So again, this comes right here what the president of the FPC is saying is that well yeah but California looked at it this way. Well, we got law-abiding citizens here, so if we just change the law, then they'll, they'll, they'll abide by the law. But if a lot of people didn't know that the law was changing, because, I mean, let's face it, folks. I mean, do you, do you sit on your phone and look up every law in your state to make sure that the laws change? Of course, nobody does that. So, I mean, the thing is this. California, again, changed their assault weapons. You know, because remember at first, you couldn't have a... A, a quote-unquote assault weapon with the a, you had to have a bullet button with them you couldn't have one without now california's sitting here saying well now you can't have the bullet button one see it seems like every year or every two years or something like that california changes their definition of a quote-unquote assault weapon which in translation means gun i want to bland gun i want to ban because it's black and scary <laughs> In addition, Combs also cited the arrest of prominent rancher after he attempted to comply with the law as a motivator for many to refuse to register their weapons. After all, why try to comply when you might find yourself arrested and forced to defend yourself in a court of law? So you had a rancher here who tried to comply with the law and he got arrested and thrown in jail anyway. So you had a lot of people in California going, well, he tried to obey your law and you threw him in jail anyway, so... (laughs) Oh, uh-uh, dude, screw you. How even, however, even without the arrest, I suspect the vast majority who are refusing to register their weapons would have still refused. Far too often we've seen problems with gun registrations. It never seems to work out well for the law-abiding gun owner, and it never has any impact on criminals. Their access to guns or public safety. In other words, it's nothing more than a way to put the screws in gun owners for no other reason other than the fact they are gun owners. And that is a quote by FPC President Combs. So, California has pushed and pushed and pushed against gun owners, treating them as if they are criminals. And California gun owners have taken it 
They fought, sure, but they generally resigned themselves to follow the law. How does that state show its appreciation for that? They demand more. That's exactly what happened. They demand more. Hey, you're, you're complying with our law, but we're a liberal state and progressive state and we're a Democrat-controlled state. And you know what? To be honest with you, we don't feel what you did's enough, so we want you to do more. Guys, you remember like, you know, you ever grow up and you have somebody who's like, you know, you gotta, you gotta do this. You know, it's like, it's, it's like the bully in, in high school, you know, or the bully in elementary school who always took your lunch money and you, you, it's like, give me your lunch money or I'm going to beat you up. One time deal. You give him your lunch money, then, you know, he comes back the next day and the next day and the next day. And eventually what happens is, (laughs) okay. You end up fighting the bully. I mean, that's just basically what the people in the People's Republic of California, you know. And, and like I've said before on this show, California residents are tax slaves. They don't look at you in California any other way, that, but you are a tax slave. Give us your money so we can give it to somebody else. And by the way, you can't own firearms. Well, I wonder why that is. Isn't the purpose of the Second Amendment to fight against tyranny? Seems like California is turning pretty tyrannical. Take your money, give it to somebody else, preferably the illegal aliens. <sighs> well, for some it's enough. They're done. If they're going to be treated like criminals, they might as well get some of the benefits of the title, right? Like not having the state know everything about what they own. Can't say I blame them for that. I really can't. But the, the fact is this, folks, you know, you sit here and you got a state that is requiring you to, and what do we always said? Registration leads to confiscation. Why do you think they want you to register the guns? Because then when they finally say, you know what, we're just banning these all together. They know exactly where to go. That's how this works, folks. If you want to take a look. And the FPC President Combs said this had no no impact on crime whatsoever. The crime is still right where it's at. So any person that's got any kind of brain brain cells left would sit here and say, you know what? This isn't working. So why do we keep voting these guys in to just continuously take away our rights? And that just doesn't sound like a good idea, does it? Just like I said... Like the Salem witch trials that they kept dumping the dunking the people in the, the river. You think there'd be some guy going out there like, dude, you know this is like the fifty ninth witch we've killed and she hasn't floated yet? You know? I think at some point one of these people were saying the witch is gonna float. I don't know. Guess it never happened. <laughs> All right, folks. Once you go ahead and take a Trip over to fightfast.com where they are the makers of the 5-in-1 EDC knife. Uh, Great tips and tactics and self-defense training that you can get from FightFast. Also, I want you guys to go over and take a look at the United States Concealed Carry Association, the USCCA. I just became an elite member myself with the Self-Defense Shield. $2.25 million in protection. That is what elite will give you. They have four levels of protection. Elite, platinum, gold, and silver. All for your different, all different kinds for your different budget. They also have access to training videos and articles that will help you become a responsibly armed American. Also, guys, I want to let you know I um, 
big, big fan of the United States Concealed Carry Association. If they are not, they are probably the top pro Second Amendment group that you can get with, with the exception of the the Second Amendment Foundation. I mean, it is, I mean, we love them all. We love USCCA, Second Amendment Foundation, the NRA. We love everybody there. But USCCA has the best self-defense insurance. Frog Lube, it is green, minty fresh. It is bio-based firearms lubricant. It is also extreme, and it is proven to work at negative 40 degrees temperature. Guys, check them out at froglube.com. They're a veteran-owned company. I'm a veteran myself. Support those guys. They could use it. Another veteran-owned company you guys should check out is Black Rifle Coffee Company. Their coffee is fantastic. Matt, Evan, if you guys are hearing this, love you guys. And also, I want you guys to remember out there today, you know, we just got through 4th of July. We're halfway through the year. Um, I just want to thank all you guys for your support, um, everybody that's out there listening. Um, I was told today at work that uh, mom was getting a little upset that uh, she was waiting for my show. She's going to get that momentarily. So there's your shout out, Carrie, Carrie's mom. Thank you guys so much for your support. Stay safe out there, guys, and we will be back to talk on the radio um, and Facebook Live. Why? Because they don't want me to, and guess what? I'm going to anyway. All right, guys, keep in mind, a armed society is a free society. Take care of yourselves. Enjoy your weekend.